personality will now react based on the message that they heard. And this is what happens many times in marriages when you have a husband that is more logical or a wife that's more emotional and he might send out one message, he, the husband might send out a logical message, but she will pick up the emotional message and he goes, why is she so upset? Oh, why yeah. is she afraid to ask me anything? Well, he says, I told her, ask, just with your body language. He says, but forget about my body language. I really meant what I said. You know. That's one bit of information. Does that make sense? Perfect. Now I'd like to share with you a study that we actually discussed yes. in the parenting workshop and I've discussed in several other workshops, especially in the anxiety and serenity workshop. In, in, in 1967, there was an interesting Hello. study that is often misquoted. And Hello. It was done by a professor, Dr. Albert Meharabian. And what he has done, I see he actually has a follow-up message uh, article in 2009, but he asked, and he did such a study, let's say you tell someone, uh, sure, come over to my house. You're telling them one thing, but your body language or tone says another, which would people listen to? Will people listen to the words that you're saying, or will they listen to your body language and to your tone? So what would you say? Kind of emotional logic. That's right. Well, listen to the studies that he has. He says if you have words saying one thing, but your body and tone say another, 55%, listen to this words, 55% of your people will look at your body language over the words that you say. So if you have this upset or tense body language, people are going to stay away from you. Even if you say, come here, come here, I want to help you, they look at their angry body language and they're going to run away and not listen to the words. 38% of the people were affected by tone, by tone that you use. That means if you're tense, if your body language is tense and your tone is tense, then it's 93% of what you're saying is run away from me, run away from me, run away from me, and only 7% is helping. What's tempered is your language. When you're saying, why don't you help me, please, can help me, please, can help me, what they're hearing is, I am tense, get away from me because you're going to hop over your head. Better get away from me quicker. If you don't run away quicker, I'm going to yell at you even louder. And then you're shocked. Why parents, when they're shocked, when they yell, they're shocked. Why aren't kids listening? And the answer is kids are listening. They're listening to 93% of what you're saying, not to the 3% of your words. Hello. And this is part of the tools that we're using in the parenting workshop. Us, the parents, the main focus of the parenting workshop is not how to train the kids to do anything. It's based on us, the parents, how to be leaders. And so far, we're, we've finished workshop three, we're heading to workshop four, and we're doing no consequences or punishment at all, and the changes that are happening in people's lives are unbelievable, and the kids, all for one simple reason. We're teaching the parents how to be the generals and how to be the leaders of your house. So if you're going to consequence and threaten with punishments, for example, like come here and help, but all the hearing is 7%, 93% of what you're saying is get away. So, oh, by the way, just for people listening, the number to call to ask your question is 
we'll see if I do this. Okay. Fine, thank you. Thank you very much. You're really really appreciate it. Yeah, certainly. And if you have to try, this will help you. Thank you. Okay. The number to call up is 718-683-5858. We got over here an interesting text until we get the callers calling in, and that is, can a person be born with, with borderline personality disorder? Is there any way to completely heal it if a person is really desperate and willing? And the Hello. answer is no, you cannot be born with borderline Hello. personality disorder. It's a Hello. complicated question. But Hello. about the diagnosis of borderline personality disorder, often the diagnosed, often Hello. speak to one spouse, they'll always blame the other one that they have Some it. And what you really need to do is the ability Wait, to discuss is, and to speak and to do the evaluation. Yeah. And most of the time you need to see both couples together or both people together before you can really diagnose that or you speak to the person alone. But you definitely cannot diagnose it when you hear it from another person. Now it is possible to have more tendencies Hello. to that because if one of the people Hello. have it, there's a lot going Hello. on. I refer to it a lot when I call the child of a borderline, Hello. which means that they have some growth, which means that they do move, and they're a lot healthier, but sometimes they to, to annoy me. that mm. can continue. No, is it is a guy that put me the radio. And then is there any way to completely heal it if a person uh, really no. isn't willing to answer it? Yes, with the opposition line. It just takes a while. It's a longer diagnosis to heal, but that's doing it all the time. All I should time. say it really depends on the case. And it's not you. Many, many, many of the cases, <laughs> yeah, very, very likely. What it really depends is if the person is willing to admit that they have the issue. Most of the time, or many of the times, the person doesn't want to admit that they actually have the issue. The number to call in is 718-683-5858. Mordechai, it seems like to, uh, nobody has a problem today anymore. So, right. well, <laughs> so let's, let's create some problem. What do you think about uh, Shavuot, you know, the six uh, uh, dinners and all this uh, together and uh, gathering together, families. We, uh, we spoke about it Pesach, but now Shavuot is coming. Yes, there's definitely a lot to that when, when families get together, Hello. especially Shavuot is a young thing. When you want to be learning, you want to be Makabu Tzayur, you want to be in Shul. And yes. I, I always find interesting that many of the Gedolim that old Hashem to change a minute go to knock down a minute because Menhagim are extremely important. But they have to shame a lot of the Gedolim like Hashem and Arbach and many felt that they wouldn't be able to learn and focus then, then the other way. So be up, they would do their normal start, which was probably learning until 12 one o'clock anyhow, but then they would get up early and Hello. People may have a name. He's a great learner. 
but in reality, he's not really What's learning. What's your name? Where he's able to get around it, that when it comes to the heroin, what? Attacks, he's able to show he knows about the Sugi, but he really doesn't Mrs. know that well. ADD people Ms. are extremely bright, means that two days before Kay. the test, they okay, can start sitting down, they have now this ultimate pressure okay, where all their focus gets clear, and now they'll stop learning for two days, and then they pick themselves up, wow, if I could do all this learning in two or three days, what happens that, why, imagine I'll learn all this while, how much more it would be, or how much better it would be. So let's get this clear. So ADDs might be functioning to the entire world. It might look to the world that they're functioning, but within themselves, they're not. What happens is the older they get, the less you can fake. Because now if you're working, you need to prove you need to have more money. You need to get a better job. Bosses might keep you for a short while. They might be changing from one job to the next, but in the job force, to, to you can start producing. And ADDs have a difficulty with consistency, have a difficulty with time. So it's easy to fake or to get through the beginning parts of life with ADD, but the harder and the older, the longer you get, the harder it's going to be to fake it. So that is why you're able to see people when they're younger function better, the same as in class, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds can function even if they're ADD, but the older they get, the harder it is, the more they're being complained, the less they're learning. You hear the kid went from being a top kid, in class, all of a sudden, he's not getting good marks at all. He's spacing out. Sure, the older you get, the more you have to focus. The harder the information, the longer you need to remain focused, consistent. And the older they get, the greater or the more you see how they're starting to have difficulty. And those are able to get through the schooling. But once you start going to business, first of all, ADDs can be brilliant in business because now there's a lot of stimulus and you can work 24-7 and they've got it, they're good at it. But sometimes ADDs are not able to balance themselves. And you see, unfortunately, how they're full of talent, but full of creativity, and the but is that they're not able to be consistent. And as we know in business, you've so got to be consistent doing? to make it. Look, you what do you do to it? Mm -hmm. All right, we are going to go to Mr. Mm -hmm. Y. Mr. Y, you're on the earth. Hi. Hi. Should I take my call? You're um, welcome. I just to know, I've been working on anxiety month with the house. Um oh, can you speak uh, up a little? Reset? Just speak up a little, a little more power. Yeah, so uh, I've been working on anxiety the past couple months. Yeah. Um but it looks good to Hello? You're breaking up. Hello, hello. All right. Let's it seems like we lost him. Uh, we lost him, and uh, Rabbi, uh, we will go to Miss uh, K. Mr. K, you're Miss, on the and her And again, the number to call it is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Miss K. Hi. Yes. Hi. Hi. Um, first, I want to thank you for lovely yeah. event. We enjoy it. And um, second, I've got a question. It goes like this: I listen to your very often. I really enjoy it. And um, I put down the oh. phone, and I get yes. like all. I start thinking into this, and you I start thinking that I can really tell you the issues that people are doing to you. And uh, I'm always thinking like text. maybe I think I'm very healthy, but I am. And when I think into those issues that people are going through. And like I can relate yeah, to them, then I think like, like I, want, I want to know if like, are the people who have this issue and go to therapy, are they making a big issue out of it, or am I, um, am I just shoving it away, not thinking into it, I'm shoving my feelings away? Let me, I, I want to understand your question a little clearer. You're asking if when you hear people have issues and you don't think you have such a big issue, so do you think that either people are making a big deal out of it because it doesn't bother you that much when you think about it? Or does it mean that it really should be bothering you, just you don't make a big deal out of it? Yeah, yeah. basically that's what I mean, yeah. Okay, well let's go ahead and take it to you. What do you think? Do you think you have issues and you're denying it? I don't know, I can have some of those little issues, like, I don't know, fears and... Okay, so if you have little fears, okay, now what? 
When does someone say they have a problem? They have a problem when it bothers them. It can bother me, but not continuously. Everyone knows. Hello. If there's issues, yes. when it does it, what kind of bothering Hello. does it need to be for it to... So let's put it this way. Therapy, when Hello. a person goes to therapy usually, it's when they feel it's affecting their life or someone close to them is telling them, you have issues, that's affecting our life, even though you think you're okay, but it's affecting us. So everyone has got something. When they teach us how to diagnose, and we discuss this all the time, one of the ways that you learn to diagnose is you understand everyone has got something. Everyone's afraid of something. Everyone will check the doors or the locks to think it's safe. And if it's at night and electricity would go shut, all of a sudden people would be afraid. It's normal. The point is, are you checking the doors for, or, or closets for robbers every night? And are you checking it? And if you don't check it, you're afraid. Oh, there is a robber in the house. What level do you have it? Do you just have a fleeting thought? Or is your mind actually preoccupied by that? Instead of me answering that question, we shift it right back to you. If you have certain fears, do you think these fears are affecting your life? Do you speak differently? Do you go to different places? Or do you not go to certain places because of your fear? These are the questions that you're going to respond and recognize, do you need to go for help or not? All right. We seem to have lost them. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't have the mm -hmm. phone, but I don't know. Okay. Right. So the concept is that when someone, if someone should go to therapy or not, it's first, how do you feel about it? Do you feel it's affecting you? Do you feel that this is something you want to grow? And someone might have it at a small level, but they don't even want that small level. They know that they can get better. And some people, unfortunately, might have it on a, on a bigger level and say, no, I don't want to get help. So it's really dependent on you. That's what's extremely important. Um, the number to call is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. We are looking forward to taking your question and your comment. Here's another message of what I just said about the BPD. Thanks for mentioning about BPD or the need to see the couple together. I'm aware of a couple who are separated with a family of kids based on a diagnosis of an unprofessional do-gooder who's obviously biased to one spouse. Please continue about talking about the importance of professionals and not us on them. Thanks. Well, uh, I, I don't know if I'll be doing that because I believe there's a huge need for us on them. I think us on them are great and they're excellent. I just think everyone needs to know their What's place, just like the therapist needs to know their place What's and the asking needs to know their place. Which means no, an asking should not be diagnosing, and a therapist cannot and is not allowed to diagnose a person without seeing them, not allowed to, and especially based on the report of someone else. What we can say at times is, based on the report, it sounds like this and this is the symptoms, but you still won't diagnose unless you see the person, unless you do an evaluation, which is the most common issue no. because there's almost every case when I hear about a shalom bias, they right away would say the wife is either borderline and the husband's a narcissist. No, 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 this is classic. Therefore, okay, we want to recognize so that you got to see them both together and get the full picture. Ah, I know it's not for We it. are going to Mrs. S. You're on the air with Mordechai and her of Nissen. Hi, Hello. thank you so much for your show and the phone line. Okay, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say how many hours a day I listen to it. Oh, um, I would like to say Hello. two things to Karen. First, thing um, yes. first thing is that I heard that there uh, uh, were people that had that they have schizophrenia and their symptoms were symptoms were greatly reduced after they followed some diets called the specific okay, diet. Please don't say the diet. Please don't do that. We don't do that on this program. We're not sharing any other program based on a one or two three uh -huh. stories. All right. We're not doing that good. And no, All right. And the second thing I don't believe that. Next. That's okay. Our second comment is that I have Baruch Hashem. I've grown up in a very very healthy environment. And my heart pains to all those people who didn't have what I had and didn't grow up to be in such a healthy environment. And I just want to let everyone know that while they're struggling with their emotional hardships, that somewhere out there, someone is arguing for you. Beautiful. Now, can you share about, even though you grew up in a healthy family, Baruch Hashem, how you still had to grow? In other words, well, of course, I'm a person. I have my own concerns, but... What? I'm a person, I have a but I have the support to work on that. Yes, exactly. So being a parent, or having a healthy parent means they'll be there, they'll back you, they'll support you, but you still got to go through life. 
Yes, but it's definitely easier. Which is 100%. Yeah. 
Especially we're a nation of a Jewish, you know, we're smart. Everybody knows everything, you know. We know everything. And yeah. I know I know better than you and I can teach you, you know. Yeah. That's that's uh, <laughs> every every moment we have it. I had a client in the center of course that change around the complete information. Yes. But when I got to know to how recent or how long ago, there was an experience uh, I where I was a little bit disappointed. There was a person who was coming for let's say three, four months Hello? and there were magnificent changes, the Hello? person stopped. It goes like to an applicant. They came back to me and said, I don't understand. I went to this applicant for two sessions and there were such major line? changes and we're going you want to, to, to ask questions. We didn't see much changes. And I told the person, three for seven. You really deserve like two drafts for that. I said, let me explain to you how you came in. Let me share with you all what? the information that you got. What? Okay, just got Okay, 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 okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Would you have been able to apply it? No. He said, sure. Hello. Six reasons why you wouldn't have been able to apply it. Each session that we were discussed, or what we boosted, or what information was there, and then he goes, Oh, you're right. Okay. I wouldn't have accepted this. Yeah. Me and whatever. We weren't ready for that. So we weren't ready. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, you're right. So I go, exactly. So now let's realize what's happening. What's happening is you get the information in one place, you go to another, and I'm glad that the guy had the confidence to come to me and ask me, hey, I came to you for a couple of months and I don't see changes. Now I went to that person, we see the changes, and the answer is because we put all the hard work in. Now when it's ready to work, someone gives advice. And then I even ask the person, how many times did you get to pass the advice of this person and it didn't work? You're right, you're talking right, but happens to be the person didn't come back. But just the concept where I'm glad that the person brought it brought it back and where the person was able we're able to discuss it. Imagine the person would go around saying, Oh, I went to Mordecai Weimar for three months and nothing worked and we went to someone else and all of a sudden it worked in seconds. Yeah. Anyhow, or this who would you like to go to? What should we do next? Okay, we have a, a long text from England, but uh, yeah. we'll, go, we'll go to uh, Mrs. S before, okay? Okay, so we're going to go to Mrs. S, and then we are going to go to that long text from England. I see it. Mrs. S, you're on the air with Mordecai and her Hi, is it me? Yes, it is you. Hi. Uh, thanks for your line. We're lucky that Hashem gives talent to a person like you. Oh, thank you. And imagine I almost wasted on being a lawyer. 
Say try that first of all, as 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 we know all, and uh, any any place uh, you have uh, difficulty, you know, kids as Rabbi Mordechai said about uh, the glasses and all that uh, people. Oh, this is a this is a fat guy. This is a, a thin guy. Everybody trying the kids. Tri- kids are can be very cruel on this. Right. And height also. Some kids are too tall. Some kids are too yeah. short. And kids will make fun of that. So uh, every the you know, kids are, uh, can be uh, so tough, you know. And uh, but the, the question like this is try uh, to be first of all in the house to give him the warmth and love, and that he is is a special and has a special uh, unique uh, uh, task in life, and working with this and uh, working with the with the teachers with the teachers and trying to uh, bring more kids and the, and the, and you know around himself and trying to com- combine. Himself with with environment, you know, because if one if we if one kid studying, you know, with his friend and working with him, and you know, you can touch it, you see, it's nothing happened, all this, and the teacher can just that it it will be immediately affected all the classroom around him. Yeah, right. So we really said it all. So I just want to repeat what he said in just different words. But he hit all the buttons, all the right buttons. Hello. That means number one. We first want the teacher not being afraid of touching or seeing the arm. So you want to have the Rebbe, if you could give a couple minutes one-on-one, and like have the Rebbe like, look at it, touch the hand, feel it. When the Rebbe sees it, the Rebbe's easier with it or comfortable with it, and the Rebbe can ask him, does it bother you even one-on-one? Do you feel hurt by it? Are you embarrassed? Just having the discussion, it makes the Rebbe safe and the teacher safe. When that happens, that goes across to yes. the kid. Step two. I actually discuss it with the kids. Because the Rebbe can have one or two kids, some five-year-olds, and again, they're five, they're younger, and just be able to say, oh, can I see what your hand is, or like something like that, and he can do it to other kids as well, so he doesn't feel singled out. So can I see your glasses? What's it like seeing with your glasses? What's it like seeing without your glasses? So the Rebbe would want to do it to four or five different boys. What's it like being taller? What's it like being shorter? What's it like being heavier? Each one should discuss something that is a little bit different than them. So this is a class exercise that the Rebbe can ask each kid, could you write something that you feel you're different than someone else? 
So some will say glasses, and some will say height, some will say clothing, some might say that there's something wrong with their parents, they have a parent that's not well, who knows what will come up. And then each one will, let's say, stand up and just show or just explain what it is. So what you do is the more open the discussion is, the easier it is. Does that make sense to step one? Yes, makes a lot of sense. So step one is, I should say it's really step two. Step one is have the teacher comfortable with it. Step two is do exercises where you're normalizing being different that everyone should realize that they have a place that they're being different. Then there is the next one that the third step is because is about making friends. Making friends is for your Rebbe or for your son to pick one or two boys that your son wants to be close with, and now the Rebbe or the teacher is going to start arranging with you, they live next to us, have them come over for Shabbat, they might, might come over, play, to have them play together. The Rebbe should be involved. So that means it's when you have a leader involved, well, kid like participating. So imagine yeah. there will be a cave of elimination where right. five-year-olds are going to play tag. If your Rebbe Hello. plays and your Rebbe is on the team what, with uh, your son, your everyone's going to oh, want to be oh. with your son, and as they get what? you, the kids have a very special drama, well, and at that age, they're know. not so judgmental. Means yes, they could say, oh, you're too short, you're too tall, you're too fat, you're okay, blonde, you're you black, you're black hair, whatever it should be, but they move on. That means that when kids come to the house, they won't notice what type of chandelier you have. They'll say, oh, you have a beautiful house, come, you want to go to my room, and they don't mind showing you the bed is made. So kids, when you get them playing together, and they're used to playing with your son, they're going to feel comfortable. Then it's on a personal level that you want to work with your son, is that you'll tell your son and sort of explain to him, everyone has got a weakness. Everyone's got something that's different. But your weakness is a little more noticeable than others, and many people don't have your weakness. So that means the more people that have a weakness, the less we call it a weakness. So imagine the, whatever the right height should be, let's say the right height should be, the average person is 5'10". Anyone below 5'10 feels short, anyone above 5'10 feels taller. But who says 5'10 is the right height? It's not. It's just what average is. So you want to teach your son that what kids, what people see is what they judge right away. So since you have a prosthetics by your hand, people are going to think you're different. You're not different. It's just that most people have this, and, and most people don't have a different thing. So you might be taller, you might be even better looking. You can run faster. So you want to have him understand that everyone has got something that's different, so he's not different than anyone else. In fact, you also want to focus that he's got a strength more than others. You can tell him you run faster than most of the kids in your class, or you're smarter than most of the kids in your class, or you're stronger, or whatever it should be, or you have more tricks how to get dressed than other kids in the class. Or you have a mommy and tati that love you more than other kids in the class. Whatever it should be. But you also want to bring up, not that he's better than others, but everyone has got some weaknesses and everyone has got some strengths. And this yeah. is what will help your son to realize that he's no different than anyone else. Right, right. It's just that he ha he's uh, very much around, you know, cousins and relatives and new kids coming around to the neighborhood or to the school. and. He always asks me, like, when kids ask me, or, you know, what do I answer them? Excellent. Now you practice a rehearsed speech. That works very well. I do that with many clients. Like, if someone tells you the parents got divorced, or someone lost money, someone made money, and people go, oh, can I borrow money? What do you do? Because I feel so attacked. Very simple. Well, first, you don't yeah, need to jail. But after that... <laughs> It's, it's, it, you know, you something, something is so strange, you cannot do that in the region, it's a problem, you can build problems, you know, that's why you're building, building this problem, you can't build it. You only have to give personal information, you might not want to give personal information. If someone asks you, does it hurt you? No, it's fine, Rosh Hashem. Or, I'm just as good as you, if someone has glasses, does it hurt them? No, it doesn't. Like, you just give us straight answers. Or you can even say, do you want to touch it? And then just have them see it's no big deal. Or sometimes you just not want to respond and just say, I'm okay, do you want to ask me anything else? Or you can even teach him how not to answer. But these are all going to be role plays. Role plays means he'll tell you the script, but say you'll write it down, the different questions people ask, and then you're going to act like them, or first role play means first he's going to ask like them, and then you're going to give an answer. And you'll do that three, four times so he sees what it's like, so you're modeling giving the answer. Then you're going to role play because you want to practice it, where now he, you're going to ask those statements, and he's going to act the way you did. And you once it's trained, it becomes second nature. Oh, did anyone ask you? Say, oh, I didn't even pay attention to it because well, now he has the answer. Me. He doesn't have to think. So just to give you a visual to this, imagine every day we walk, we're going to have to figure out how to walk. 
you know how complicated it's going to be until the day starts. By having it in our subconscious where we're just able to move without thinking, we don't think about it, we're able to have our brain power to use others. The same is with this. Here's my question, I'm going to have com com questions like this till 120. The easier the answer to shoot out without thinking, the less he has to worry or consider that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Hopefully with the answer to my answer, this question can be able to help you. Now, can we take that long question from England now? Yes, definitely, yes. So I think it's a great comment. Let's go ahead and read it. For those of you that would like to ask your question, the number to call in is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And the question is as follows. Last week you stood up and clapped for a woman who took the courage to stand up to her addicted personality disorder husband and not stand for such a marriage until he goes for help. And there is Bar Hashem improvement. Baruch Hashem, it's working, and he's on the program and in therapy. My question is, would you give the same enthusiastic clap for a woman who I know really well, who has done the same thing for a husband, with the same diagnosis, and the husband didn't go for help, with the support of Askanem, and unfortunately has ended in divorce? And I know that she wanted nothing more than to save her marriage, and all she gets is blame and criticism from everyone. Mr. Weinberger, would you clap for her, or did you only... Oh, or did you only, alas, because it worked out, or I guess only clap because it worked out? If yes, please do so, so that she and we can hear it. So let me share with you a great clapping. So, the question me is, too. if someone does the right steps, and for whatever reason there's someone that's very not healthy and they had to set boundaries, and they had to be clear, clear with it, and unfortunately the Rabbi Shalom made it that their foolish should not get better, that this spouse that's unhealthy, is unfortunately really not healthy and said I'd rather divorce, rather not heal and let everything fall apart, would I stand up for that lady? So let me share with you real life examples. Real life examples is we have to call up one of the biggest islands in Bayesol in the Litvishuk community Hello. to ask about the exact same case where this where the wife was saying there's certain negative programs I about the husband. What do we do? Okay. And it was Arab Shabbos, the Rav says she, he must she must leave immediately, but he first has to speak to the husband to make sure the story is verified. Can't listen to one side. The husband called, and everything was true. And the Rav said she must leave. And she didn't leave. It took her several months of therapy to get strong enough to leave. But when she left, and when they made a bar mitzvah, this God of Israel came to the bar mitzvah and said, by her making the changes, by her doing what has to do, she saved the kids from other stuff. And many times, once these people, these unhealthy people, if it ends in divorce, unfortunately, now they're on their own. They don't really have what to blame and what to focus on. They start imploding. They start being angry at people. They start needing favors from people. And after a while, people that are that unhealthy, instead of saying thank you, they usually attack. <coughs> so, yes, to someone that was able to stand up, and say, this is unfortunately terribly unhealthy for me, for my children. It's getting to a worse position. You worked with a therapist, and you worked with the Astana, with the Rabbanim. Not only do I stand up, I stand up a thousand times over, and we applaud you. What I'd like you to know is, in your future, while now it might be pain, while now people that don't know, they love talking all the time, oh, you shouldn't have divorced, you should have tried this. Then people are going to start telling you, not that I mean to make fun of, because I really value vitamins, but when something is critical, like on a severe level, all of a sudden you start hearing, yeah, you shouldn't try vitamins, it would have changed everything. No, no, no. All of those nice people just say, thank you for your information, please don't share it right now. We're not interested in it right away. And yes, I would stand up and tell you, you are changing generations. And from my experience, those women that don't change, once you have the therapist and they're up on a Maval, that tell you to leave, Unfortunately, these kids, many of them continue growing up in that environment where they start acting like that, and then they even blame that healthy parent. Why didn't you make changes? You should have made changes. I, I would, oh, yes. I would yes. join, I join to you, uh, uh, you know, clapping, and I said this definitely. Uh, we, from my, my personal experience, we had a situation that we basically smuggled a woman, take her, take her almost by force. With the with the, the Rabbanim, because it was uh, uh, something very it become almost too dangerous to life and uh, life and death uh, situation. 
So sometimes the lady want to keep like the quiet and she's she's uh, ashamed and she doesn't want to to that in the neighborhood the community will know and it, it can reach to, to a point that it's it's irreversible. Yeah. But I also want to clarify in these situations, please. I hear of cases where they didn't go to a therapist. Hello. I hear cases where they say, yeah, yes. I went to a therapist three times. That's not called going to therapy, unless one of them didn't okay, want to go. Online, but I'm usually they didn't even put in the effort, and they say, yeah, nice spoke to this and this rough, said I could divorce. And yes. Really, did you call them up for 30 seconds, and you got your head towards the therapist, or is the rough involved? Okay, okay. I find it really needs to be done well. So I just want to be clear, when it's done well, of course, it's much easier to clap the success, the victory. But unfortunately, many times it's not, we don't see the victory. However, we see the victory later on. We're coming now to Shavuot, as you mentioned Shavuot. There's a beautiful medrash or, that says that next to the, the seat of Shleima HaMelech, when he became a Melech, there was another chair. And it was a throne of who? For his great-great-grandmother, Farus HaMoyaviyah. She was there to have a Rishon to see David, her grandson, on the throne, and even his son, Shleima HaMelech. Let's understand that sometimes now, when it looks this way, that the mother left and people are criticizing her, but if she went with the rub, and if she went with the therapist with the right way, let's look a couple of generations further and see how those children and see how those grandchildren are going to be. See if she marries Hashem, will get remarried, and how healthy and how happy she will be. And she will realize, wow, how many years of darkness and pain. So right now when people are the down, don't, don't knock them down. Give them encouragement. Build them up. But again, I feel it needs to be done with the right way, with the correct yes, but it was scary. Yeah, All right, we're going to go to Mrs. T. Mrs. You're on the ear with Mordechai and her Hello, Hello. Yeah. Yeah, hi, how are you? Your well, show is great. And, and really, really, really much enjoyed. Um, I just wanted to comment on a woman who called about her son with the prosthetic. Yeah. Um, now I'm, I have a daughter who has a medical condition since she's three, yeah. and since the get-go, you know, we've just been very open about it. Kids would ask her questions, she would look at me and like, what's I answer? Um, and after she had to explain it to them, she'd say, yeah. And we didn't explain it to them until the kid understood it, and you know, from that she learned how to explain it, but today in school she's... Nobody looks at her differently. She's extremely popular. And the kids don't even bat an eyelash. They all know, you know, exactly what's going on with her life and what she's doing and why she's doing when it. That it empowered her in a tremendous your, way. Uh, your aunt is Thank like you. Say that again. So here, people with shortcomings. Once you're okay with it, you're in your environment. You're at ease. You have the answers. Now these people are empowered. Correct. Yeah. Very much so. That's right, and they will get Here's where I'd like to give you a compliment, please recognize. When things go well, they don't just go well. They go well because they're siyat Bishmaya. They go well because there are parents that were able to allow them to express it. There are parents that were able to give them the right answers. Parents were able to help them out during those sad moments. Because even though you're saying she's so strong, I'm sure at times she would cry, or at times she would feel hurt, or at times she would it's feel that just... she can't participate in everything. And by having a healthy parent there to allow the process to unfold is now what makes her so strong and so powerful and this confidence to continue. So I'd like you to recognize that things just don't happen. Unfortunately, I see when parents or when the situation and people don't have the right tools and we need to teach them the tools. But I'd like to validate and create an awareness to you that don't minimize your power, you and your husband's power, and the strength that you do, and the proof is in the pudding. If it tastes like chocolate, it smells like chocolate, there's chocolate in there. If your kid is that confident, that means you and your husband work through the issues, means you who have been able to discuss and work out different situations that are coming up, as it came up, dealt with it appropriately. And now, Baruch Hashem, it's okay. 
Right. No, 100%. I'm not, <laughs> not going to deny that. Exactly. You know, but when parents call me with this issue, I always tell them, like, the worst thing to do is to make it a secret. The worst thing to do is to make your kid leave the class and do all their things when nobody knows. It's, it's, it's such a detriment to their emotional well-being because I yeah. see how emotionally stable and amazing she is with the opposite approach. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you very much. 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 Th